right, what is the deal, everyone? And welcome to the Transitions Podcast. I'm your host, Breeze, that's B-R-E-E-Z-E. And this is a video show, y'all. So to get the full experience, just make sure that you check out the Transitions Podcast YouTube channel. Make sure that you get subscribed. You know, you hit the notification bell, comment, like, do all those great things for the algorithm so that others can find the podcast on YouTube. Um, also, make sure that you're staying up to date with the podcast. Uh, everything that we do outside of YouTube, uh, you can do that by following us on IG, which is at transitions underscore pod. And as always, you can give me a follow. IG, y'all did give your boy back his original Instagram. That's right. So uh, my handle is not breezy on ox anymore so for the people that are looking for i will change it as soon as i can but ig just hasn't given me the opportunity to do that yet so i did just drop the b it is r-e-e-z-i-o-n-o-x if you are looking to follow me but i have i've had a lot of questions um in my dms in regards to when i was going to have my guest on talking about bottom surgery and just his journey through phalloplasty so I finally got a chance to catch up um, with him and, you know, he, he, he's a great soul and he's definitely a great conversationalist. So I, w- I was really happy uh, to have have him on the show, just talk um, and hopefully well, we can get him back. But uh, yeah, so without further ado, I want to get into it um, and let y'all meet Ryan. All right, man. What's going on? What's up, brother? Not much, man. So tell us, tell us all because we want to know. What's your name? First off, foremost, where are you from? How old are you? Um, and just kind of explain to us about your journey. You're a good looking dude. So I know <laughs> most of the audience is going to want to know like, well, is he single? And and I guess something that I should ask as well is because most people assume that all trans men are straight men, which we're not. So also sexuality. Those are some right. things to basically cover. Uh, and as far as if you're in a relationship, if you're not in a relationship, so, you know, just shoot, just tell us about you. For sure. What's up, y'all? My name is Ryan James. I'm 27 years old. I am from Boston, Massachusetts. Uh, let's see. I've been transitioning since 2012. So I'm like a decade into this shit now. No G. I'm not new to this. I'm true to this. Yeah. You know what I'm saying, you know what I'm saying? Um, as far as dating goes, identify as straight. Um, with that including dating other trans folks as well, so trans women. Uh, let's see. Um, not a relationship, but I'm also not single. I guess you could say it's like a talking phrase. <laughs> talking phase. So like, you know, it's getting to know her, enjoying the company and so forth. Gotcha. And how do you, I mean, how do you feel about the dating scene? Like I'm married and I've been married for almost 10 years, so how <laughs> what's the dating scene like like not only just as like a man but a trans man like what is that like because i know dating is crazy now i hear from like the bros and they're just like man these women are crazy <laughs> nah for real for real i would say dating has to be pretty fucking ghetto nowadays because <laughs> yeah. it's like one thing we're living in a hookup generation so i feel like no one really wants a serious commitment so that's like one option you got to go overcome and then, like, when you add the whole trans thing, that's adding another, like, spice to your life that you kind of got to, like, work around. Right. And so, honestly, in my straight opinion, I feel like dating really depends on your demographic, like, where you, where you live at and, like, who's around you. And so, with me being in Massachusetts, I feel like, despite this state being relatively, like, gay-friendly, mm-hmm. um, 
they're still kind of behind far as like the whole trans thing. Like they have like good trans healthcare out here, and like surgeons and doctors. But far as you know, like accepting trans folks as on like a dating partner level, it could be better. Um, I feel like I have no issue per se, like talking to women or like um, meeting women. The issue tends to be like when I tell them I'm trans, that usually tends to be the issue out here. Um, fortunately gotcha. for me, currently, the girl I've been talking to out here now um she's in the medical field she's a nurse and so she's pretty open-minded to me being trans okay which is kind of a blessing because i feel like i've been single prior to her for like a year last year i was dating a trans girl like a summer fling mm -hmm. um i had a surgery done in regards like a foul plastic complication and then shortly afterwards she's up and left and you know put me for a little like dark um hole for a cool bit but then i was like honestly like who am i to really expect anyone to stick around if like it's not for them you know what i'm saying yeah and nor would you want that so no i'm not gonna force you to stick around if you don't want to if you want to leave like there's a door like no hard feelings if you communicate that but if you just up and leave and i gotta dig it's like a whole different ball game but nonetheless um i wish her well whatever she does and so forth yeah i got you i mean i my, my situation is kind of similar because I live in Colorado and Colorado is, you know, pretty, I mean, like we got, you know, a lot of like gay friendly, but I feel like when it comes to the trans laws, like they're great in, in a sense of like all the protections that we have here. Mm -hmm. But I mean, I feel like the dating scene is, is mad crazy. Like even still, like, I feel like most of my, my trans bros, like they just end up going back to their exes because it's so difficult. Yeah, to, It's just, it's just easier that way. It's like, as much as you want to like, certain toxicity and like you know like date someone that's like more better for you on like a mental standpoint and obviously yeah. like um physical and so forth so forth it's kind of like it's hard because then you're like fuck it like let me just go back to my ex it's a familiar thing they're cool with me being trans yeah we might have issues but at least like they're cool with me being trans tends to be a common factor and so prior to this shorty i was considering getting back with um an old ex of mine that's probably like, I don't know, maybe four, possibly five years ago, X, so to speak. Gotcha. And so maybe like a month, month and a half ago, I went out to California to see like a concert. I was having to see her while I was out there. Long story short, things didn't go <laughs> remotely okay. <laughs> and so basically she popped off in West Hollywood and ultimately ended up me leaving her in West Hollywood in a lift and just went to the Airbnb. And oh, so I, kind of, I think it kind of realized that, like, no matter, like, what history you have with somebody or if you think you missed somebody from your past, oftentimes, like, you miss the memories because that version of that person that you think you missed no longer exists. Right, right. So I think in a sense, like, despite how sh shitty that day was with her, it kind of had to happen to kind of remind me that, like, an ex is an ex for a reason and that I need to keep moving forward and just do me and then, like, if someone comes around, that's cool. If they don't, that's cool too. Because ultimately, like, being an individual, I am my own person. I have a life. I don't necessarily need to have someone in order to be a person or in order to have a life. Right. No, that makes sense. So when you, so with you, you know, in, in the dating scene, mm -hmm. when is the appropriate time? Because this has been a hot topic for so many people. When is the appropriate time to tell somebody that you're trans? I feel like as trans men... I, I almost feel like we kind of like have a pass as far as like when or when we cannot because 
especially straight trans men, we're dealing with women who tend yep. to be a lot more understanding and a, a lot less egotistical and their pride doesn't get hurt. You know, like if, if you tell them like, Hey, I'm trans, like they don't immediately feel like how I feel like cisgender men feel when trans women tell them that they're trans, they don't feel like a homosexual. They don't feel like that. So when is the appropriate time? Like what, what in your opinion? Um, I don't know. Cause to add on to what you just said, I feel like a lot of girls question themselves when they like because they're like oh well if i'm attracted to you does that make me gay or if i like does that make me gay i feel like a lot of them like despite seeing you as like high percentage now they think back like well technically speaking this person was born a woman so kind of like it don't really matter how many surgeries you have per se they're like well it's just a whole original state and so they question their own stuff they're like okay well like what does that make me am i straight am i gay am i bi am i pan like what am i but I think it goes back to the whole thing that, like, a lot of people tend to care what other people think about them. And so right. they're afraid that, like, if they find if they find out, cross that out. They're afraid that, like, if someone finds out that they're a trans person, they're going to be judged for it. When nine, nah, ten times, especially with the trans community, they often don't know the dude's trans unless you out them, which reminds you. Is it okay to out anybody? Because who are you to out someone when you could be putting them in danger and so forth? Right. But and to answer the question, when is the right time to tell someone you're trans? Honestly, there is no right time. Because right. sometimes, like, you're damned if you do, if you tell them off the bat. Sometimes you're damned if you do, if you wait a few dates, because then they feel like, oh, you kind of deceived me. Mm -hmm. Even though you technically didn't, if they didn't ask you. And right. so my response to that is just kind of just go with the flow. Like, there's really no need to tell them off the bat. But... I will say, if things are getting sexual or they're going that direction, then you do have to tell you tell them that you're trans. So at that point, like, it's no longer like 50-50, yeah, like, oh, do I have to? Like, nah, you do. Because at that point, like, especially if you're a pre-op and they put your they put their hand in your pants, how are you gonna explain that in the moment? Like, oh, uh, 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 like right. nah. Sometimes, like as shitty as it is to have to out yourself. It's not. It's respectful not only to your you and your own body, but to that person because they may not be comfortable with the idea that you may not have what they want, and that don't make them transphobic. It's just a it's just a preference. But right. I think a lot of trans guys get offended, like oh, like you don't like me. That's transphobic. No, because the same can go for anyone. Like some people um, only date certain races. Are they racist? No, that's what they like. Like for me, for example, I'm half Cape Verdean, half white Irish, to be exact, but. I'm not into white women, even though I'm half white and that's okay. Right. But I feel like people swear that, oh, well, if you don't date a certain race, like I said, you're racist and that's not the case. Like you like what you like. So right. tell someone they're transphobic or they're racist or homophobic for ultimately like what they like, it makes you seem kind of insecure because you're like, okay, well, if you don't want me, then like you're messed up and like they're not. Right. No, no, I, I definitely agree with you on that because I've heard I hear that a lot, like especially, you know, like as TikTok has grown to be a very uh, open space where people just over overshare. I like to <laughs> say that too many people talk too goddamn much on there. Yeah, big facts. What I've seen is like some trans men are just like, oh, well, if you don't like me, then you must be transphobic. And I'm like, that's fucking crazy. Just because if you were cisgender and you told a woman that she didn't like you, so if she didn't like you, then she just had to be a lesbian. Like, what the fuck kind of right. shit is that? Like, that's so crazy. 
No, I, I don't make sense on the no. song. But no, I don't make no one any sense at all. No, not at all. So uh, I'm right there with you. I don't think that uh, I don't think in any way, shape or form, like trans men should be offended if certain, you know, men or women don't want to date them. Like you said, you know, it it is his preference. Yeah, 100 percent. I agree with that because I myself have I wouldn't say that I have a preference, not in but it's it's like a physical thing. Like I don't date women taller than me and I'm short. So (laughs) that narrows the pool down. That's all you, man. I'm five, six. So uh, you know what I mean. I, I'm a short that dude. bad. You have like people that are like five two. So five six is a good height. Yeah, I mean it's a decent height. So my wife is, you know, she's four eleven. So I I married her because she's short. No, nah, I'm lying, but, <laughs> but but it looks good in pictures. I hope you don't see this interview. You know what? Because I'm short. <laughs> <laughs> no, I'm joking. No, she's she's a great. She's a phenomenal woman. Uh, but one I thing agree. that I'm really attracted to is you know like women who are shorter than me. So I mean, that's. You know that that's just my preference it doesn't matter right you, you know like you can be beautiful and tall i just don't feel comfortable because of my own insecurity standing next to you no i feel you i feel you so, i used to be that way too i was like oh i would never date a girl that's taller than me and so forth um i'm five eight but for me i feel like the older i get like i'm 27 like i said earlier um you kind of just stop caring about certain things right and so like for example when i was like First transitioning, I was like, oh, I would never date a trans girl. And if you fast forward between ages, I want to say 20 to like maybe 22, all I was dating was trans women. Okay. Fast forward. So now, like, I probably wouldn't date another one again just because like bad like um, experiences. Gotcha. But, you know, like, I'm not opposed to it, but it's not something I'm like, really like, oh, my God, I need to date one because like, mm, I might be all set for a cool minute. Yeah, I got so, you. So, but as far as height goes, I feel like if someone's taller than me, like, and it is what it is. Like, at the end of the day, like, everyone's the same height in bed. So, like, it's all good. <laughs> right, it's that all is good true. In the neighborhood. That is true. I mean, I've been married for a long time. So, I haven't ever, like, been in a right. situation to be dating. I mean, but I mean, my wife and I have talked about it. She's, I, you know, I mentioned it on the show that she's, you know, uh, my wife is bisexual. And she literally okay. told me, she was just like, you know, if this doesn't work out between you and I, you know, like I'm going to be with women. Like that's it. Like I'm done with men. I'm done with all of y'all trans men, men doesn't fucking matter. I'm done with y'all in general. I was like, okay, well shit, that's cool. Like great. But I, then I think about me and I'm like, what, well, I do? what the fuck would I do? Like who would, would I date anyone? <laughs> and I'm thinking like, man, okay, I'm, I'm 32. I'm almost 33. And yeah, if you know, I'm I'm assuming that my my marriage is gonna last longer than the next few years, but I'm thinking like, damn, I'm gonna be like a middle aged man out here. I've got three kids. One of my kids during that time will likely be an adult, you know, in his twenties. I don't know how I would feel about dating another person just because to bring that into what I've known for so long. Like I said, mm-hmm. it'll be it'll be ten years um, next year, and that's. Jeez crazy to me like to be with somebody for so long and then also to be married to them and then try to date somebody so i i wonder and people have asked me even my wife has asked me like would you date trans women and i'm like i don't know like i i don't know who the fuck i would date like i i honestly don't even think i would date anyone but it's not off the table it's just that i'm not dating it i'm not gonna date anyone off the bat like because there would be so many other things other than just their gender identity and sexuality 
that would come into play. It would be like, you know, like, are you receptive to me having children? Are you receptive to the fact that I'm not going to abandon my kids to be with you? Because my youngest As son is three. So, but the, right. to me, like you said, like, you know what I mean? Like you, you were saying that dating now is so ghetto. And I think that that's a great adjective to describe it because it really is. That's ghetto. my favorite <laughs> word. How, how's your date going? Uh, it's kind of ghetto. Yeah, it's just mad. Like it really, <laughs> it just describes everything. Right. <laughs> so I feel you. Like, I don't know how I would, I don't know how I would adapt. So I'm always interested to know like trans men who are dating, like, what is it like? And I mean, it's been pretty much a hundred percent unanimous is ghetto <laughs> like it's fucking crazy do you use apps like to hook up like or how do you man honestly i most girls i've been with i met through like instagram ironically okay. enough but i do have like a tinder i'm not really a fan of tinder honestly i had hinge i got banned off hinge but hinge is a good app for people that are <laughs> single trans or not hinge is a pretty good app like people on there actually want a relationship and so if you want a partner try hinge but other than that those are the ones who i use i tried tammy for a while i think my profile might, might still be up but like it was a good app when it was in it was prime yeah but they removed a lot of their features their main feature being like a streaming service and so once that feature kind of fell off the app started dying out and so originally, Tammy was an LGBT app for obviously LGBT folks to date and meet and so forth. And so during the pandemic, when everyone was getting like COVID, it was lit. Everyone was streaming, getting like lit on fucking camera. Yeah. You'd be at home, just chugging balls of wine. Like, what's up? Like, who gonna join the box next? All right, shot, 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 shot. Like, everyone would be lit. And then <laughs> the future was gone, and now we're like, well, this app kind of sucks because no one's on there to date at that point. We're on there just to get like fucked up on camera, right? Right. So it was a good time when like it was a thing, but you know, I think now with the girl I'm talking to now, I met her through work, and so it's just funny because like off the bat, like she didn't know I was trans. I literally just told her um a few days ago, actually. Okay. That's like a really new type of thing. Like I had known her for a few months. Like we've been talking like here and there for a few months, but like not on this level until like literally like recently recently okay. and so we've been chilling a lot like this vibe and gets knowing you know, like just this company and so i want to say it's going to a good place i feel like the fact that like she's going to be being trans and as i ask people questions like oh like how did you know you were trans and like oh like, why transition like those questions are valid don't get me wrong but like they're kind of like repetitive like yeah i don't know <laughs> That, I mean, those are questions I'm about to ask you. I'm sorry. <laughs> like, I like, like literally, no, no, but really, I, I mean, you, you, you've been transitioning for a long time. You're my first guest that's actually been transitioning longer than I have. And how is that? Like, you know, like when I guess like you were a lot younger, obviously, because you've been in it for 10 years. So yep. what I guess what made you so sure like so young like i knew but i was so terrified to like even speak my truth so how like how were you able to do that i'm i mean i commend you i wish i had the courage to like transition like honestly i wish i would have transitioned when i was a teenager it would have saved my life from so much shit. but i was just too scared mm. um i feel like it's kind of awesome. like you always knew like you kind of feel different growing up i was very active i played sports i played soccer i played basketball um, I tried doing field hockey, wasn't really a big fan. I mean, it was fun, 
but like doing like the tree lines basically you'd run you'd run across like a whole big old field like the outline of it and like those weren't really the greatest yeah and so i was always active i was always like a town boy and then i think it's feel like once puberty hit and like i hung out primarily with around a bunch of like dudes at the time yeah once puberty hit i could see them like you know getting taller like hairier the voice dropping and then i look at me and i'm like why am i growing a chest and like why am i bleeding in the southern region like what is this this is fucking ghetto <laughs> and right, so right. i felt very uncomfortable i mean fortunately i had a small chest but sort of changed the fact that like i didn't want to be in this body and so i felt very uncomfortable for a cool minute and then i remember being on youtube one day came across um skylocker levin's videos i don't know you know who that is yeah of course but he's from out here originally from boston I came across his videos and so I started like binge watching them. Then I found um Aiden Dowling. And then I started like looking up FTM like on Google, like transitioning and like doctors and so forth. And then I told my mom. Originally I came out as lesbian to her. I used the word gay. I never I never liked the word Wesleyan personally. Yeah. And so I came out as gay to her. I wanna say maybe that literally same fucking year, honestly. And so when I came out as trans, she was just kind of like, oh, like she wasn't against it, but she didn't understand. Like she was confused as to like, how could I feel like I'm a boy when I'm a girl? You right. know what I'm saying? Because even when I came out as like gay, she was kind of just like, oh, like, how you know you don't like men if you've you never been with one? But kind of like, if you know, like, you know, like, you know what you like, what you don't like, what you're attracted to, what you're not attracted to, so to speak. And so we found a therapist, like a generic therapist who was terrible, terrible. I think she's the reason why I hate therapy now, because the whole fact that, like, one of my sessions I had with her was among the lines of her saying, like, oh, like, good luck find someone who's going to love you for you. And so it really rubbed me the wrong way, because I'm like... How are you going to tell someone that no one's going to love them because they're different? Right. And so I feel like for years, I was trying to prove this irrelevant lady wrong by, you know, like talking to a bunch of girls, trying to find like the right one. And a lot of time I was just chasing a pretty face that ultimately didn't get me anywhere. And so now with me being the age I'm at now, I realized like, yeah, like, as cool as it is to be with someone, I don't have to be. Like, I'm still valid whether right. I'm in a relationship or not. And so I'm no longer, you know, like chase people. Like, if someone comes my way, I'm entertaining, like this one currently. But other than that, like, there's really no need for me to be caught up in the idea that I have to be with someone when I really don't have to be. Because right. people have this idea that, like, they're not good enough if they're not with somebody. And that's not true. Yeah. Yeah, I, a lot of people base their, you know, like how valid they are as a person or, you know, put a lot of worth into other people's opinions about them and or, you know, like who wants to, you know, like who wants to be with them. And I, it, it has a lot to do, you know, like with the shitty social media culture, you know, like some Definitely. of my guests have been uh, they're a lot younger, you know, like and I'm I don't mean that like in the sense of like we're old, but like I look at it like that just because now like, we, we get old. Because it's really different, like, you know, like us as millennials, like it's it's extremely different to like the the 
like 20 something year olds like you know like 21 and 20 year olds the way that they grew up is just like way different because they had more access to social media you know like I, yep. the, the only access that i had to social media really was myspace in the beginning like it was really like black planet and fucking myspace and if you had one of two of those no one really knew how to like use it like we didn't what know was shit. black planet black planet was just like myspace but it was more for like people that like ethnic like people of color you know it, but it wasn't it was literally the same thing as myspace like it was it was set up just like myspace but it was just on like a smaller scale and then there oh, were like other like little um like chatting and you know like apps and not not even apps just you know like websites and shit and then you know yep. like, but that was like our exposure like we didn't have no fucking snapchat like instagram is nah, see like, what i remember was it was myspace aim yahoo yep. messenger yep um blackberry messenger <laughs> and we had like chat roulette and omega those yeah. were like the top six i remember from like being like age i don't know let's say like 13 to like i don't know maybe 17 give or take yeah but even with facebook like obviously i had one before tradition but then i feel like i was never a thing i thought like it was just so plain there was something to it compared to myspace like you could add a playlist you could customize yeah. the html like you could do so much with your myspace profile to really make it you compared to facebook you have like your little like header picture what you want to call it yeah and then like your profile picture and that's it and i'm like yo this is boring it's like look at that newspaper article like, i'm all set yeah and so to this day like i have one but like it's more so for like facebook marketplace i don't actually go on there otherwise i'm more of on like tiktok and i'll post memes on instagram other than that like i'm pretty like you know low-key in regards to like snapchat i have it i feel like my life's kind of boring to be on snapchat so like <laughs> My score is like 20,000 for the past like four years. So like, I'll yeah. be on there like that. <laughs> right. No, I don't either. My my son was the first one to actually explain to me like what the fuck even Snapchat scores were. Because I, I don't really understand Snapchat in itself. Like to me, it's just really dumb because I'm like, what, what the fuck is the point of posting on there? If you could just post on like IG, like I know Snapchat came right. before IG, but I'm like, IG is such a bigger, much bigger platform. Like, why would you spend your fucking time doing both like you may as well just post right. on ig when you have like instagram stories there's really no point in snapchat but i guess like it really just depends what you're using the app for but everything yeah. you do on snapchat you can do on instagram like you could send like private snaps or as private videos someone on instagram if you wanted to and sorry the door closed and it disappears too and so it's kind of like i don't know teach your own yeah i feel you yeah so social media is definitely the catalyst i think for for most people being so goddamn insecure and i mean it's a great thing like i i'm thankful for social media because social media is part of the reason why i'm here talking to you and right i felt alone for a long time you know being trans and i didn't really know any other trans people like my my two trans bros they came out to me after I had already started transitioning. Like, yeah, mm -hmm. like, you know, I'm gonna go through with transitioning, you know, like, but I feel like they needed someone to to do it. Like, and, right, right. You know, like you said, like you were looking online, you know, like watching mm -hmm. YouTube videos. So social media is great in that aspect, but at the same time, I feel like now, you know, more and more trans men, like I see a lot less unity and a lot more competition for some strange reason. You do. And then not to bring race into it, but a lot of the times it's the people of color who aren't getting recognition for doing what they do as an advocate or whatever the case may be. Yeah. But the white folks are getting the recognition, they're getting the clout, 
when reality is a lot of the content they post, they're taking people of color. Yeah. And but yet they're getting recognition for like, oh, like so and so is so great because they promote this image on social media. And then you meet them and you're like, oh, like you're not like how you are on the internet. Yeah. And so for me, like being transferred like a de- literally a decade actually, um, I've met pretty much every advocate, influencer, and I can tell you firsthand, majority of them aren't good people in reality. Like they pretend to be all sweet online and so forth. And then you meet them, they're snobby, they're rude, yeah. or also like they just don't really have anything going for them besides social media. And so it's kind of like with social media, like what would you be doing if your account got deleted tomorrow what would you be doing and so i think for me like for a while i don't want to say that like i think i'm too good for the community because that's not the case but i stayed away because for a while it was just a very negative space and i kind of just feel like people will like use you for their own purpose mm-hmm. and then they go on about doing whatever they want to do which is yeah. fine and dandy to an extent but when you have people coming to you for like help and resources and then once they get they don't talk to you again you kind of feel like you've been used and so i kind of feel like for me for example we're gonna talk about today the whole foul plastic thing but for a while i stopped talking about because i felt like everyone's come to me for foul plastic and with me having such a bad experience of foul plastic it was very triggering to keep getting like hundreds and hundreds of dms through like instagram or tiktok combined when for a while I just didn't want to talk about it. it put me in a bad space. Like for a while, like I was out of work because um, of surgeries, and then having an ostomy bag at 27 is real interesting. And just being in the hospital every few months puts you in a really bad like headspace. Yeah. And so even the smallest question, like, "Hey man, like who is your surgeon?" could be triggering because like it brings us to a space where I'm like, "Damn, like I've had all these surgeries." And I still have a few more to go. Yeah. Fortunately for me now, like we're getting to the finish line, but the finish line took almost three years to accomplish. And yeah. actually, when the line is done, it will literally be three years. Shit. So it's very important to realize that, like, as as bad as somebody want foul plastic or they're considered foul plastic, it's not a one and done thing. Like, you're gonna have several surgeries over at least two to five years. Like it's not like a small little thing. Gotcha. Yeah. See, I didn't I didn't know that. I haven't looked much into it just yet. One, just because of finances. Like it's just mad expensive. Well, and, most insurance is covering it nowadays, fortunately. Okay. It's so all, when, when I was looking prior, because when I got top surgery, my insurance company denied everything. So I had to pay Oh, same, same, same. Because I had back in twenty thirteen and insurance was not covering that. Gotcha. My dad paid for it fortunately but even then like it was freaking 8100 you're right and so i was like 19 so i'm like 8100 right that's a fortune thousand dollars to my name at age 18 right <laughs> like <laughs> you're like wait you have that many eight you have that many thousands like what shit. i don't even have one right I, mean, <laughs> I, I i hear you like even i mean i paid for my surgery at 29 years old and even at yep. 29 it was still like way too it's fucking still- like it was just crazy i mean when they i mean when they told me when i went in for the consultation you know like i was i i went there i guess thinking like i went to a few consultations and i was thinking like okay and if even if insurance covers you know like 50 60 percent of it 
I'll be all right because, you know, I've, I've only got to come out of pocket, you know, maybe like 4,500, maybe 3,200. That's a lot more, you know, like palatable and doable than fucking just right. straight coming out like 10 G's. And right. that part, my, my insurance denied everything. So at that point I was just like, fuck it. Like, I'm just going to have to come out of pocket. So when I started getting the consultations, it, I was, let's see, I started in 2017 and I, yep. and I ended up not getting surgery until the end of 2018, almost 2019, because they just had to save the rest of the money for it because it was just like, it was bullshit because I was getting denied. And I'm like, why am I getting denied for something that I feel like? Who was your insurance provider? At the time it was, um, was it? it was... Uh, it was not Anthem. Who, who the fuck was my insurance? They've been dropped since, but. <laughs> uh, maybe it was Aetna, I think. I don't. Shit, I don't even remember, honestly. Um, Damn. I put it in the back of my mind because I, I was so angry. <laughs> like, right. I was well, pissed that's, that they didn't cover it. So I was just like, man, fuck this company. But if I'm not mistaken, Cigna, it was Cigna. Yeah, that's who it was, not Anthony. Was, they did not cover it. Everything that I, every single thing that I submitted to them, they were just like, no, 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 no. We don't cover that. I definitely know people who got it covered who had Cigna. So I wonder like if it goes back to how they were billing it. It could be how they were billing it. It could be just region wise, like they don't cover it at the hospitals in Colorado or whatever. I don't know. Right. I have no idea what the hell was going on, but all I know is that I was trying to stay local because I wasn't trying to, at that point I was like, I've got to pay out of pocket. I'm not going to be able to uplift my life, like my wife and my kids for a whole week, two weeks, just because I have to go to the one week post-op. I'm not going to be able right. to be in another state for four, four weeks. Right, no, that's not it. So at that point I was just like, fuck it. I'm going to just do it. But yeah, uh, Cigna, they, yeah, they pissed me off. <laughs> I would be pissed too, man. So, but I mean, I'm, I'm fortunate now, like that I'm learning more about like the process of like the, with the insurance companies and considering surgeries, like we have, uh, so in Colorado, there's Dr. Bowers and she is a yep. trans woman. Of course, I'm sure you're aware. Um, just because there's yes. not too many surgeons out there. Um, and I've considered, you know, going down to Trinidad and, you know, like going through with the consultation, but I'm just, I'm, I'm scared. And I also don't know much about the process. And what you just said just kind of struck me because I didn't know that. I didn't know that it was multiple surgeries. I thought it was just kind of a one and done kind of, kind of like top surgery. You know, it's like a one and done. No, because you got to think there's several things to it. You have the vaginectomy, which is the removal of, of the um, vaginal canal. Mm. You have scrotoplasty, which is which is the creation of the scrotum. Gotcha. You have the skin graft in your arm, and then you have the, all the urology stuff. And so you have the urethral lengthening. You have the urethral hookup. You have. I'm drawing a blank, but there's at least eight different things that go that go along with the surgery itself. Gotcha. And then there's the optional um, testicle implants, so the balls. There's the optional erectile device, which will keep it erect, as the name says. Yeah. And so I think people don't realize how much really goes into it. 
Yeah. And then you're constantly having like catheters. Um, if you develop a fistula at some point, you're gonna have an ostomy bag. And now it seems like they're kind of promoting that by showing like these trans friendly coloring pages of like trans folks. Mm -hmm. And you see trans men have literally ostomy bags. And yeah. so to me, it's kind of insulting. It's like, okay, so like, if y'all are aware that we're getting ostomy bags with the surgery, that should be documented prior and warned beforehand. Because yeah. if I knew when I started this back in 2020, that there was a chance I have an ostomy bag, I wouldn't go through with it because an ostomy bag really changes like a lot of your day-to-day -day life. Like as minor as it sounds, you know, to like do a number two in a bag and pass gas in a bag, it plays a role on how like, you, you uh, digest your food, um, your social interactions with people, like, you feel insecure, yeah. you can be talking and it makes sense you hear like, because the bag's been playing with air. Yeah. And so like, it can be very awkward. And then sometimes the bag will lift up so you could have leakage. And like, it's a lot to really, you know, like adjust to. I want to say it to me at least like four months to like, okay, like, this sucks, but like it is what it is. Gotcha. I mean, fortunately for me, mine's reversible, but not, that's not the case for everybody. And right. so I feel like people need to realize that like as much as you might have dysphoria down there, you had to be willing to really go through little legit hell in order to get to where you might want to get to. Sure. No, that, I mean, that makes sense. I, that, that's a lot. I mean, I know of like the general, like, <laughs> and it sounds kind of stupid, but like the web MD version, <laughs> yep. but not, you know, like you speaking from experience, like I'm just absorbing it all. Cause I'm like, well, fuck, like, you know, these are things that I haven't even considered just because, well, web MD type of shit, like it doesn't really detail, you know, experience. It just details, you know, just like medical procedure pretty much. Like it doesn't right. go based off of people. Exactly. So I'm looking at it like, okay, well, cool. Like this is what you got to do. This is what you got to do. And I'm thinking like, okay, right. it's all one process. Like, yeah, there's multiple processes in that one process. But right. from what you're saying is like, no, hell no. It's multiple processes with multiple procedures. Yep. And, you know, you're talking about more than just, you know, a lot of guys are just worried about functionality of it. And it's just like, well, it seems like in your experience, and it seems like with a, a lot of men that, you know, functionality is really not even the forefront of, you know, your No, your the concern. biggest thing is not having like internal issues in regards to the whole urology standpoint. Because gotcha. for the most part, it seems like the complications that they're the most common are all urology related. Because like you're messing with things that like ultimately shouldn't be messed with as is. Mm -hmm. And so you're causing potential damage depending on how like they go in there and rearrange things and like put things together and how it heals can determine a lot. Mm -hmm. And so when they first try to fix the fistula, um, so I got tested from my mom, nice. but um, when I tried to first fix it, it turns out six months after the fact, when I had an x-ray follow-up, that the thing was still open. It was supposedly closed, but like, yet it was still open. And so I went back under for round two to try to fix it again. But when they first fixed it, they went through up top, like mm -hmm. above. And so round two, they went through the bottom, they went through the rectum um, cavity. And so that led me to have an ostomy bag because they didn't want me to, you know, do number two down there and potentially cause infection. Yeah. And so the bag was put on temporarily. 
It was supposed to come off last month, but I made the decision financially to put it off to next month because the whole fact that, you know, like I live alone. Um, it's just me that pays bills. My rent's almost $2,000. And so from a financial standpoint, it made sense to put it off a little bit so I get my money together and so forth. Yeah. Because I'm going to be out two to four weeks, but I'm trying this to do two because, you know, like obviously I got bills. You know, I got a yeah. car, car payment, car insurance, groceries. As an adult, you know what I'm talking about. Yeah. Everything just adds up. So, like, even though, like, the ideal time to be down is, like, a month, realistically, I'll probably take two weeks and go back to work. Yeah. No, I mean, that makes sense. It's That's a lot of time to, to take off, and that's a lot of – I mean, that there's – it sounds like to me, like, you're saying, like, you know, it's multiple, but, I mean, like, you're you're running into, like, how many doctor's appointments would you say that you've had in the last, like, two years in, in, in regards to this? Well, bro, put it this way. Over the past two years, I had three different urologists. Shit. And they're all from the same hospital. Um, I think one changed practice. The second one ultimately backed out because he ultimately didn't really agree with the whole trans thing. He was okay. a transphobic, but like he could see this surgery caused a lot of issues and he didn't want to be involved in that. Sure. And so he kind of like stopped doing it. The one I had now been been around since day one, but he was more like a second hand like assistant. But now he's like the main guy. Okay, gotcha. But he goes to a lot of trainings like overseas and so forth. So I feel very comfortable with him. He's actually doing my retired advice in January. Okay. And so he's my main guy now. I have a actually a telehealth with him tomorrow, and so he's really cool. But I think it's just the whole fact that like just having so many surgeries. And then ultimately dealing with things you didn't figure out to deal with. Like I had a wound back on my arm where I had like the skin graft on. Mm -hmm. And I wasn't aware that it would hurt coming off because no one forewarned me. And so when they took that um that wound back off my arm, I was literally like screaming, crying, screaming, crying. Yeah. Because like they said I gotta take it off. I was like, okay, like how back where something hurts to take off? They didn't warn me nothing. And to make matters worse, you thinking we've been in the whole COVID pandemic for the past two years. Yeah. I've been going through these surgeries during this whole pandemic. And so visitation would vary. Sometimes I was a loud visitor. Sometimes I wasn't. That happens to be during a time where I wasn't a loud visitor. So I'm over here by myself in pain, emotionally in distress. And now a lot of it has caused me to have PTSD. I feel like a lot of my appointments I go to even the dentist gives me anxiety because I'm like, I don't know what to expect anymore. And I don't know who yeah. I can trust anymore. Because I kind of feel like, in a sense that like, although I may not been intentional, I don't really trust doctors anymore. Because I used to feel like a lot of things they didn't warn me about that like, if I knew about prior, I probably wouldn't have gone through this whole surgery process. Yeah. I understand. That's, I mean, you're teaching me a lot about... <laughs> <laughs> expectation management like dealing with the doctors like i personally like my endocrinologist i, I love her however Yo. all of the other doctors that i've ever seen including my my top surgeon he's not a he's i mean he's he's an okay guy you know he's he's just kind of weird and i don't know if that's just yeah. because he's a surgeon I, because I, the only he's the only surgeon that i've ever seen um and he is just really odd like when he walked in the room like he does i mean he does he's, he does a lot of top surgeries but when he just walked in the room he was just like really 
just really like brief. He was just like, yeah, I mean, he immediately like grabbed his pen, started like marking up my chest, like really didn't talk to me, made zero (laughs) eye contact and was just like, yeah, okay, that's what I like. That's what that's how I'm going to do it. Bye. And I'm like, what the fuck just happened? My wife is like, is he usually like that? I'm like, I don't know. This is literally the first time I've ever met him. And I didn't even meet him. He barely introduced himself. He was just like, hi, Mr. Steinwall. This blah, 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 blah. Boom. And I was like, oh, oh, um, okay. I don't have any questions. I mean, and even if I did, I mean, I guess I wouldn't be able to fucking ask. Right, him. right. It's funny that I feel like I've had the opposite where I've had what I've met like doctors and surgeons were like, they were like astonished to see like, a trans person who looked like a regular person. And I'm just like, I don't know what y'all expected to see, but like we are regular people. Yeah, yeah. And I, that's, that's part of the reason I why I started this. I people mix up drag queens with, with trans, trans people. people. They're like, yes. oh, like it's a cross dresser. And it's like, oh, uh, no, like you're picking up a drag queen. Right. And they're like, huh? And I'm like, a trans person um, presents how they identify as. A drag queen just dresses up for fun or for money or for whatever reason. Yeah. It's more of like an entertainment thing. Like, we don't do this exactly. for entertainment. This is not for entertainment. This is, you know. No, like this, for, is a, like, this is a full-time job. This is 24-7. Right, all the brush time. brush his beard, get a haircut. <laughs> right. Shit. It all adds up. <laughs> no, I feel you. And I mean, that's part of the reason why I started this is just because I want I want us to be seen as people and not as ideas. Because oftentimes when we're talked about, you know, um, especially in the cisgender world, like that's immediately like what people go to. They're just like, oh, well, you know, like trans trans men, they're like, they're just like they're just women who wear men's clothes. And I'm like, no, like what the right. fuck? They think we're studs. <laughs> yeah. You know, like like, no, not at all. And the same goes for trans women. They're just like, oh, well, it's just a bunch of men in dresses. And I'm like, well, no, that's it's also not, a no. That's like, that's not the case at all. You know, like, and then like, oh, well, you know, they just wear a ton of makeup. And I'm like, no, you're you're, you're thinking of a literal drag queen. Like, you're thinking of like RuPaul's like drag right. race. And that's what you're, you're, you're interpreting trans to be. And there needs to be a right. lot more clarity as we are. Um, with with there not being or at least with it not being as clear to most people as like what trans people look like um Mm -hmm. what do you think about trans men and studs getting top surgery so i know most trans men get top surgery how do you feel about lesbian women we we were talking about this on the last show and it was about how studs masculine presenting females women are getting top surgery they don't want to start t they don't want to do anything like that they just want top surgery and i i found this Mm -hmm. to be like particularly odd and a little bit problematic just because we as trans men are already like invalidated in every single sense as men (laughs) so like for like a woman who identifies as a woman then going to get top surgery is like like that's one of the two surgeries that you know trans men get to really separate themselves from like the the lesbian gay identity right right and um i think my standpoint is too because i feel like for a cool minute i had a bunch of like lesbian friends i had a few fams a few stud friends at one point in time um i don't know how i I feel like to me like i never really thought about how you're mentioning from like i I get your standpoint it's kind of like problematic in the sense that like okay like as trans we do that to validate our own identity if we want to look how we feel but i feel like i don't know like i'm so like unbothered yeah by 
what people be doing in their own lives. And I feel like I'm in my own world like half the time. Like I don't even know what's going on. Like when me and you like try to make like Zoom meetings, like, oh yeah, I mean I'm down. And the day comes and I'm like, oh shit, that's today. Right. And I'm like, oh yeah, hold on, hold on, hold on, hold on. <laughs> but I don't know. I just kind of feel like in a sense, like it's weird that they want it. But at the same time, like if it makes them happy, then I mean, by all means go for it. Cause I feel like looking back, I wonder like maybe if I didn't transition, I probably would have been a stud and I probably got surgery too. I feel like I, I hated tits in general. Yeah. Like I hated having tits in general, like female or not. Like I didn't like having them at all. Yeah. And so I feel like I can understand like some studs like don't like having tits, but they like being in girls. They like having, you know, like the lower, the lower region, which is fine. Yeah. And so I feel like it really depends on like the individual and their logic behind it. Yeah. If they're doing it for like clout reasons, that's problematic. But if they're doing it due to like, their own like body image, how they feel, how they uncomfortable they may be, then I support it and I respect it. Yeah. No. Hundred percent. Hundred percent. I want to know: Has everything that you're going through, um, has it caused you to have more dysphoria? at all um dysphoria not necessarily would be the word i'd say i feel like everything i've gone through has been more like traumatizing and i feel gotcha. like it's made me very more um closed off i feel like that's my issue now too because i feel like when you go through something so like traumatizing alone for the most part, i had some people around but alone for the most part it makes you realize like, damn, like people really ain't there for you when you need them. And so like, I'm not gonna be around for them at all either. And so now I have an issue with like, meeting people and push them away before they get too close to me. That's like my issue I deal with now. And I'm well aware of it. Cause like, it's been pointing out to me several times. I noticed it my own self. And so I've been trying to do better with it because I feel like with me, like if I get upset, I'm like, I don't want to argue with you. I'm just going to cut you off. Yeah. But now, you know, like I'm trying to, you know, calm down. Like if now if I'm upset, I'll just, you know, like take space and then later on I communicate how I feel. Because ultimately, like pushing people away isn't really the healthiest solution. Yeah. I mean, it's the easiest. It's convenient. Yeah. <laughs> but like, sure. it's not the healthiest. But answer your real question, like that you want to drop for a minute. Um, no, I kind of feel like I haven't really done much with the phallus yet. Like I've done, you know, like basic things. Yeah. But I haven't had full-on intercourse yet because the elator, which is like a reptile device, like the external one that mm -hmm. holds like the phallus up, cis men use it too for erectile issues. Um, the one I have kind of pinches the phallus, and so it's not comfortable to wear, and so I don't wear it. Gotcha. And so, hence why I haven't had full intercourse yet, which is why I'm looking forward to the right device in January. So I got to, you know, can actually use this for penetration. As of currently, I've only used it for like oral purposes only. Gotcha. Which is okay. cool and dandy. Don't get me wrong. Like it's euphoric in a sense. Like when I first I'm like, oh shit, like, bop, 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 bop. <laughs> right, <laughs> right, 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 right. <laughs> but it's kind of just like, damn, was it worth all this fucking headache though? <laughs> the scrap would have done. Wait, wait, in the moment, I mean, honestly, that that's probably the most, like you said, euphoric. That's, that's a great word to describe it because bah, bah, I, I can bah, only, bah. yeah, bah, bah, bah. <laughs> I love it. Like that's that's really that's the dream. <laughs> that's it yeah, right there. Man. No, okay, that is I, a dream right there. 
<laughs> I dig it. Like, okay, I'm, I'm just curious. Like, one for my own personal, like, just understanding, you know, and just, but yep. that, you know, for a lot of other people out there that are either in the midst of surgery or considering it, things like that. Like, there's a lot of things, a lot of things to consider. You giving me, you know, probably 50 more things just sitting here talking to you to, to consider in, in this regard, just because, you know, I went back and forth about it constantly and I, and I still don't know. Right. I'm, I'm in my eighth year of transitioning and awesome, man. Thank you. And I'm really like, at this point, I'm like, you know, I want to take that step, but I'm also terrified. So it makes me, it, it makes me comfortable I mean, to know that, like, that I could like talk to somebody about it and be like, okay, yeah. like, I can bounce ideas and, you know, you can tell me about your experience just because when I ask doctors, right. they don't, they're not trans. They don't they know. They don't know. <laughs> That's the issue too. Like when you have all like primarily cisgender surgeons, yeah, you don't really have anyone that can relate to it. But I feel like in my personal opinion, not to invalidate anyone who had a positive foul plus experience by any means. And I, was, I was getting a lot of shit for that. Like me exposing the negative, give me a lot of fucking um, shit from the community. But I'm like, I'm just blunt. I'm not going to say it's a great surgery when it's not. Right. And so my advice to people who want it, like just, just be willing and prepared to undergo at least a minimum of at least two and a half years of surgery at least like there's no way it's gonna be shorter and i'd i also would say to go out of country i wouldn't say i wouldn't say in this country because thailand does a way better job it looks better um if you're trying to fulfill your ego it's bigger not that that matters but like as far as ego wise oh, thailand is really the best solution <laughs> it matters <laughs> thailand is, it's just that alternative but like with thailand like you gotta come out of pocket so it's kind of like yeah. if you had the money thailand go for it if you don't have the money use the insurance stay in the country but make sure you really want it make sure you're willing to go through a lot of nights where you're in pain you won't sleep or just a lot of like mental trauma or ultimately just dealing with people who you thought would be around and that you're in the hospital and like, oh, I'm gonna come by and see you today. And you're just laying in bed and hours and hours and hours pass and then they never show up. Yeah. So you just gotta be very prepared to not really expect a lot out of the surgery and out of people in your life. Because ultimately when you expect too much, a lot of the time it won't really go in a positive light is what I kind of learned. Yeah. I wouldn't say Falpus is the worst thing I've ever done. But I would, I would for sure say that if I had a chance to do it again, if I was reincarnated as another trans man, God forbid, I hope I'm not. God fucking forbid, <laughs> forbid. Please, I'm going to be trans in the next like, generation. Just, please just let me be a sister. <laughs> like, It'd be so much easier. I'm like, if God forbid I'm trans again in the next life, I would not get the surgery because I feel like this is like almost three years of my life that I will not get back. I missed right. out on a lot of, you know, like events. I missed out on a lot of life. I feel like I've been stuck in this state longer because of the surgeries. Um, I was living on the West Coast for a while. I came back out here with my mom because she was sick, but now she's doing better for the most part. But I came. I also kind of stayed out here too. So I'm like, well, my insurance out here covers the surgery. I might as well get it done out here and then move back to the West Coast. Yeah. Naive me thinking like, okay, I might have surgery for like a year and a half tops. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> right. Three years later. Right. So, he, so um, I don't know. 
I just feel like if you are willing to put the time in and don't really mind whatever comes with it, then go for it. But ultimately, sometimes I do miss having a, you know, because I feel like even currently now, like I don't have full feeling in the Fowlies. Gotcha. It's supposed to come back like full feeling the 12 to 18 months. I'm past that and I still don't have full feeling. Um, if I had to guess, I probably have about like 75% feeling. Yeah. Yeah, that and that, it's more mental me. too. I feel like that's a thing too, because I feel like before surgery, like my you know, the yeah. T Dick um yeah. was real sensitive. And you know, I really enjoy like having, you know what on there like the little bop 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 like the little bop bop because you know it's smaller it's, it's, <laughs> and so it's, it's the bop, that was huh <laughs> i said it's the it's bop, a little bop, bop. it's, it's not a little... bop 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 right the bop, 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 bop. Bop. It's the bop bop yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and so i used to love that shit and now i'm kind of like damn like as cool as it's look in the mirror you know and see a extra leg um i don't know if it was worth the trauma i had to go through to get it yeah, I got you. That makes sense. Okay, so I always ask everyone this uh, at the end of the interview, just because I always wonder, like, what you would tell, like, you transitioned young, but, you know, like, even, yep. what would you tell you, like, going through everything that you've been through, what advice would you give your younger self? Like, what would you, what would you say to you? Shit, younger self, um, if you really got to transition, go for it. But don't get foul plastic. <laughs> um, and you can find a way to be a stud by all means because lesbian dating life is a lot easier because you have, you know, like these bomb ass, sexy ass femmes dating is, you know, like regular degular studs. And I'm like, yeah. damn, like how that works. I mean, good for you. Like, I'm jealous. Like, good for you. I'm not mad at it. But I'm like, fuck, like, I'm not, I, I would say I'm a pretty decent looking individual. And so I'm like, damn, I'm like, how does that work? Not can get a text back. <laughs> I, I, Shit. I feel you. Ghetto. I feel you. Yeah. Ghetto. Ghetto. Ghetto is the word. Yeah. No, I feel you. This interview has been anything but ghetto, but I, I appreciate <laughs> you coming on the show, man, and just being like brutally honest about your experience. And I I appreciate it just because, you know, it's not invalid to me. Like I've, you know, I, I've seen people like on TikTok and everything else that have had, you know, like experiences. And, you know, they've said, you know, they've yep. said their piece about it. But one thing that I really, you know, enjoy about your content when I came across it was that like this shit was just honest. Like it was just real. It was just raw. And I was like, see, that's what the fuck I want to see. I don't want to see all these motherfucking right. in no shade to no, no shade to it's the trans glorifying that, are, it. that are out there glorifying it or making it seem like, you know, like this is the new wave or, you know, like creating right. TikTok viral dances around being trans and shit like that's all good. You know what I mean? <laughs> But man, don't get me started. That's not, that that's not real. That's not the reality of what we go through. You know what I'm saying? And I just feel like a lot of it is not all. bullshit. So that's why I really wanted to talk to you because I was like, you know, this is one dude who actually actually speaks about experience and, and doesn't try to like candy coat it and shit. Glorify it like it's like it's some sort of like country club that we all got like it's a trans club that we right. all joined and it's like fucking lollipop land and shit, because it's not. It's really like nah, you said, like tough. traumatic, like it's tough. So I appreciate it. You got you to think about like, you spend so much of your life transitioning and you also got to be an adult at the same time. 
And so it's kind of like you, in a sense, like you're living two lives. Like you have to like, you spend money, time, try and be who you want to be. And then ultimately, you got, you know, got to work, yeah. you got to pay bills. So it's like a balance. You got to find a good mixture of ways to make it work. Because yeah. I feel like too, a lot of people in the community that are trans, a lot of them struggle financially because they spend so much time and effort trying to look a certain way that if it's the other responsibility, like, you know, like paying bills, they fall behind, they end up homeless, bless their soul. But ultimately, it's all about, you know, being who you want to be. But also remembering that, like, despite your transition, like, you got to remember, like, there is more to life than tr being trans. Yeah. And you got to focus on that aspect as well. For sure. No doubt. Well, man, I appreciate it. Uh, this, is, time, this, this has been a dope interview. I hope to I hope to have you back on the show, not to talk about any of the phalloplasty, none of that. Um, See, but I'm just, down. I'm down. Just to co host too. I love to talk. Yeah, just to just to chop it up. Like I, I really enjoyed the conversation with you, and you you've got some some great point of views, and you know you got a great talking voice as well. Thank <laughs> so, you. I appreciate it. So so that so that works well. Um, but yeah, uh, I hope to have you back on the show, man. For sure, man. All right, y'all. Thank you so much for tapping in and tuning in to today's episode. I really enjoyed getting to know Ryan, uh, and I hope that you guys did too. Uh, he's a really genuine soul, and I appreciate his honesty um, around phalloplasty. Uh, it really did give me a lot of good insight as to uh, how I navigate, and hopefully it will for you know some of the young men that are looking to get the surgery. Uh, I hope that it, you know, it kind of helps to understand and see both sides of it, the pros and the cons um, of it. But stay tuned, y'all, uh, for the next few episodes. I actually will be having my wife on the show. Uh, sh this will be the first time so that she'll, she'll be appearing so y'all will get to meet her. Um, and hopefully I'll get to steal away some time from uh, my oldest son, who happens to be working all summer, uh, just to kind of talk about family dynamics and some of the things that I think that, you know, a lot of people should know and understand about uh, just, just trans people in general, especially in the, you know, political and, you know, just like social climate that we're in. It, is, it gets hard for people to like really see other people as humans. So I hope that, you know, this humanizes it as much as possible. But make sure that you're giving the uh, the podcast a follow at transitions underscore pod. You can also give me a follow that is at Reezy. That's that's right with the R, y'all. Make sure it's with the R. Drop the B um, and just R-E-E-Z-I-O-N-O-X. Um, and that's on IG. <laughs> but until the next time, y'all, I'll catch you later. Yeah.